Welcome to week number four of our current series called The Apprentice, Becoming What God Wants You to Be. What we're doing is looking at instructions for life from the book of First Timothy. First Timothy has six chapters in it, so we're doing a chapter a week. First Timothy, as I've said before, is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his protege, his apprentice, Timothy. And Paul's advice to this younger up-and-coming leader in the early church details the essentials every leader must master, and, and each one of you is a leader in some way. Since this is week number four, we must be in chapter number four of 1 Timothy, and we are. One of the greatest problems that has faced churches from the beginning is losing focus on what we're supposed to be all about, losing focus uh, about our original vision, our original purpose. And Paul addresses this tragedy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. In the first five verses, he talks about Christians who abandon the faith to follow deceiving spirits and start believing what he calls the doctrines of demons. It makes it clear that it's imperative that we remain faithful to the original gospel message. I'm not going to read those five verses. So within, in verse 6, we get to the heart of Timothy's ministry in Ephesus, which is to teach and defend the simple gospel message. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Paul says to Timothy, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be, a good minister. A minister is a servant of the Lord. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teachings you have followed. And, and then Paul gives Timothy a little advice. How do you do that? How do you become a good minister of Christ Jesus? Verse seven, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. Don't worry about all that junk. Don't worry about understanding all that stuff out there. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Well, how do you do that? How does one train himself to do anything? Interestingly enough, that word train in Greek is the same as our word gymnasium in English. Go to the gym and work out, you know. How does one train himself to do anything? Well, you learn the right way to do it, and then you go practice, right? You learn the right way to do it, and you go in the gym, and you work on it every single day. You consistently work on it. You learn the right way. The word, so we're going to learn to be godly. That word godly and the word godliness in the next verse speaks of being more like the Father, becoming better in service, practice being more like God, practice being better at his service. You learn to pray by praying. You can study about prayer. But you study it all you want, you'll never learn anything about prayer. You just start talking to God. You learn to study the Bible by studying the Bible. You can't think about it. Well, one of these days, I'm going to get into that. You learn to serve by serving. You don't study all about service and then never do anything. You learn to serve because you go start doing something. You learn to worship by worshiping. You learn to give by giving. Living the Christian life is on the job training. And every day, our goal is to be to what to be, a little more like what Jesus is. Verse 8, he continues, for physical training is of some value or is of a little value, or physical training is of value for a while. 
while we're on this earth. Physical training is good, by the way. You want to stay in shape. You want to eat right. You want to take care of your body so that you can serve God better and serve your family better and serve others better. Physical training is of some value. As I said, that phrase means a, a, for a little while for this life. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. So exercise physically, yes, but realize there's something more important than the shape of your body. Verse nine, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Verse 10, and this is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. The reason that Paul and Timothy uh, and the reason that all we Christians labor and strive for godliness is because we serve the living God, the only God, not a God that was made with our own hands, not a God made out of wood or made out of stone or made out of metal, but the living God, God of heaven. And this living God is described as one who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe, which kind of continues that uh, idea that we got in chapter two a couple of weeks ago where this God is described as the one who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth and the God who gave himself a ransom for all people. It's a major theme throughout Timothy's letter, the living God. He is the only way of salvation for all people. There's not a God and a way of salvation for Jews and a God and a way of salvation for Gentiles and for Americans and for Chinese people, but there's one God and one way of salvation. Paul is speaking especially or particularly or most of all or chiefly about those who place their trust in Jesus, right? He was the savior of all people, particularly or chiefly to, of those who believe. So you have a choice. And your choice is believe or not believe. It's your choice. Believe or not believe. Life or death. But it is your choice. Something, however, comes to my mind every single time I read this passage of Scripture. It's the fact that there are those who never have the opportunity to either believe or not believe. It's an action. Believe or not believe. I'm thinking about the babies that are aborted and the children that are miscarried or stillborn or who never have the mental capacity to, to either believe or not believe. And I am absolutely convinced that they're included in this verse as those who are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I believe every one of those precious children who never breathe a breath or who never have the opportunity to believe or not believe is covered by the blood of Jesus and is today in the very presence of God in heaven. And so Paul says to Timothy in verse 11, command and teach these things. But getting back to Paul's original job description for Timothy to be a good minister of Christ Jesus and to train yourself to be godly, that's the focus of the rest of these verses and what I want to talk to you about this morning. To train yourself for godliness First of all, you focus on being an example. You're called to be an example for others. Not a critic, not a pundit, not an outside observer, but an example. By the way, I use that word pundit, uh, kind of a popular word today. I, 
I'm going to give you the definition of that because it's defined a lot of different ways, but I like this definition. A pundit is a person who gives opinions in an authoritative manner, usually through mass media, uh, which would be television, radio, or social media. You're not called to be a critic. You're not called to be a pundit. You're not called to be an outside observer. You're called to be an example. Albert Schweitzer, who cares? He's a famous guy, and I like what he had to say. Albert Schweitzer said, example is not the main thing in influencing others. It's the only thing. It's not the main thing. It's the only thing. And then he also said this, my life is my argument. And that's what every one of us needs to be able to say. My life is my argument. Here's what Paul said, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. To Timothy, Timothy's a younger guy, right? Don't let anyone look down on you because, of, because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. Are people looking down at you because you're young? Then live like you know what you're doing and set an example for them and they'll perk up and pay attention to you. A leader must always be thinking, what kind of an example am I setting for others? If other people do what I do, is that good for them or not? What message am I sending to those who are watching me? Nobody cares about your high sounding words until they see it in your life, they pay attention. Paul told Timothy that his example should be seen. He said, let it be seen in your speech, that is, in what you say. Let it be seen in your conduct, that is, in what you do. Let it be seen in love, that is, treat others and how you feel towards others. Let it be seen in your faith, that is, in how you relate to God. Let it be seen in your purity or uh, in your attitude towards sin and holiness, your speech, your life, your life, your love, your faith, your purity. Now, we don't know how young or old Timothy was. And best guess is maybe early 30s, you know, just a kid, early 30s, somewhere along in there. He was faced with the responsibility of leading men and women who were much older than he. And it seems that that, that intimidated him to some extent. I can understand that. I was 22 when I first became a pastor. 22. Is anybody here 22? Okay, uh, that's pretty young, 22. Uh, I can remember thinking, nobody's going to believe I'm a pastor. I'm 22. Uh, I hadn't met Gene yet at that time. It's 22. And so uh, I would get up every morning and I would put on my full suit and my tie and my white shirt. And I'd have my Bible with me all the time because I want people to know I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor here, you know, and nobody's going to believe this. And I'd go to the hospital and I'd think, and the nurses would kind of, you know, not, not that kid. He, he's not really a pastor. That was my thought. I, nobody was looking at me really, you know, but that, I was intimidated by the fact that I was young, maybe too young for the job. For Timothy, age was an obstacle. And that's why Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. The, the answer to that is, is just yell at them, scream at them, say, you're going to obey me or I'm going to hit you with a big stick. That's not the, the answer to being young. The answer is be an example. Do what you're supposed to do and be so good at it that people are going to have to say, wow, you know, that kid knows what he's doing. If Paul was writing to you, what would he say to you? What is the thing in your life that stands between you and being the leader that God wants you to be. Uh, 
Is it because you're young? Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young or because you're old or because you have no education or because you have no money or because you have a past or whatever. Uh, what is it that God would say to you? What is keeping you, the thing that stands between you and being the leader that God has called you to be? And what Paul would say to you and to me is this, forget whatever that is and focus on being the leader you're called to be. Uh, make your life your argument so people will have to say, wow, that old guy knows what he's doing, <laughs> you know? Wow, that, that person might not be well-educated, but she really knows her stuff. That's what, be an example. So to train yourself in godliness, focus on being an example. Number two, focus on the presence of the Word of God in your life. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, who was a preacher, pastor, teacher. 1 Timothy 4.13, he says, until I come, until I get there, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. It's always been a practice of God's people, Old Testament, New Testament, from the time of Israel on through, to read the Word of God out loud before the congregation. There's something great about that. Timothy was a pastor, preacher, and a teacher. So Paul told him to focus on reading the Word of God out loud in the congregation and preaching and teaching the Word. There's power in, in hearing the words of God. In fact, many of the letters of the New Testament, there's, there's that an instruction. You read this before the congregation, then you send that to the church next door and let them read it before the congregation and let it be circulated. Let everybody read it out loud. Now, everybody is not in a position where you can stand up and publicly read the Word of God. Uh, and so you should focus on hearing the Word of God as it's read aloud and on reading it out loud whenever you can. That's one of the things I like about the Bible app, you know, that on the iPad and on the phone is that when Gene and I do our devotion, uh, then we can just let somebody read it to us and we can listen to it. And for a while, I was the guy that was following along. Uh, you know, on the iPad or the phone, I could see it and I could hear it. And Jean was sitting next to me and she could hear it, but she couldn't see it. And guess what? For Father's Day, I got a new TV and an Apple TV. And now I just throw it on the screen. And we can both, we just kick back and we see the word, great big words up on the screen and the guy reading them to us. And we can, we both get equal access to it. I like that. Make it a point to read and to listen every sense that you can use to God's word because of this. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy in the second letter, 2 Timothy 3, beginning in verse 16. He said, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. To train yourself for godless, godliness, focus on being an example for others, not on your weaknesses. Focus on the presence of the Word of God in your life. And the third thing is this, focus on using the gifts that God has given you. Each one of us has some special things from God. If we belong to God, uh, we're needed by those who are around us. In 1 Timothy 4.14, the apostle wrote to Timothy, do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Evidently, uh, evidently referring to his, uh, what we call ordination today when the other elders came together and laid their hands on him and prayed for him. 
We don't know what specific gift Paul was talking about, but it had to do with Timothy doing the job that God had given him to do. Be the example God wants you to be. Use the gift he has given you to do the work he has called you to. And we all have different callings and different abilities and different gifts and different things we're supposed to do. And ideally, we work together as one body uh, to encourage each other and to build each other up. There are multiple lists of service gifts uh, in the New Testament. Uh, and I don't even think they're all listed in the New Testament. There are multiple lists in the New Testament, but each gift has one common element to it. Everything that God gives you, there's something it has in common with what he gives everybody else, and that is it is for the good of others and not for your own good. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's given so that you can help the people around you. It's not given so that you can look good. It's given so that, so that you can do good. Timothy discovered his gift when Paul and the other elders laid their hands on him. I would say to you, listen to and seek the counsel of those people you look up to spiritually. Uh, see if they have any thought about what is my gift? What can I do that others can't do? And I would say this, try some stuff. You can take a, a spiritual gifts inventory. There are tests you know you can do, but try some stuff. Uh, just look around. And instead of just sitting there, look around and do something. What, what is it that attracts you? Try it out. Do it. Uh, and, and, and God will reveal to you the special thing he has given you to help others. And there's one more thing. So focus on being an example. Focus on the, the word of God in your life. Focus on using the gifts that God has given you. And one more thing, focus on staying focused. <laughs> you know, you, we lose focus, don't we? Uh, focus on staying focused. Here's the way Paul closes out 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. You do it, and people will look at you and see your, hey, this, you know, as I said before, this kid knows his stuff. This kid is really going somewhere. We better pay attention to him. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Verse 16, watch your life and your doctrine, your teaching closely. Persevere in them. Don't quit. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That is, that's good for you. It's good for others. We're not talking about spiritual salvation here necessarily. But, you know, you save your own life. You save those that are around you. Let me read you that one more time in the New Living Translation. New Living says it like this. Give your, give your complete attention to these matters. Let's, let it be the focal point of your life. Throw yourself into these tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Verse 16, keep a, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true. Don't give up. Stay true. Persevere. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those around you. It's easy to lose focus and forget what we're supposed to be doing. You know, the best athletes in the world do that. Uh, I've watched a little golf recently, and you see, see a guy, mostly men, I, uh, that I watch. I see a guy coming down the fairway. He's just blowing everybody away. 
and the commentators are going on, this is the greatest guy that's ever lived, walked on the planet. You know, this guy does things nobody else is able to do, and then he puts one in the water, and then he puts one in the bunker, and then he misses a two-foot putt, and all of a sudden, he can't do anything right. Uh, and and he, he loses his focus, and, and he gets mad at himself, and he's banging a club uh, into the ground and all those kinds of things. What happened? He lost focus. If he can get his mind back to the basics, that's what every, every athlete has to do, you know, get back to the basics, get his mind back to, okay, let me get my, my feet right, let me get my hands right, let me get my swing, my turn right, let me make sure I'm getting through the ball, let me quit, get everything else out of my mind, give my full attention to this. Some guys get it back, some guys don't. Some guys just go into the tank and others get it back and they're able to win. It's the same way Christians never get to the point where the basics of the Christian life can be forgotten. We never get above that. Reading scripture, praying, worshiping, service. There are basics that will never, ever go away. We'll never get to the point as Christians where we're not required to forgive people or to love our enemies or to serve each other with humility. We're never too good for that or to give sacrificially or to walk obediently to God. For every one of us, regardless of how long we've been uh, a, a Christian, regardless of how long we've been saved or in the family of God, for every one of us, the basics are exactly the same. When we get focused on ourselves instead of focused on God and on Jesus, we have lost our focus. Paul told Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Just like an athlete goes to the gym and goes through the reps and trains himself for competition, we go into the world and we practice the things that God has called us to do in order to prepare ourselves to do more of what he has called us to do. You are in training. You're on, it's on-the-job training. You're in training to be the example that God wants you to be. It's important. There are people who are looking at you. There are people who depend on you. You are an important person. It's important that you be the example God wants you to be and you maintain your focus by remembering the, the simple basics, you know, of, of, of prayer and, and, and Bible study and worship and service and giving and sacrificing, serving, all those things. And you stay focused because at the center of your life, is the only one who's good, not just for this life, but for all eternity, and that's Jesus Christ. So be an example. Be what God wants you to be. He, he has something in mind for you. It's just not the guys that are, uh, and, and women that are on the platform. He's got something in mind for every single person, and he wants you to be his example on this planet. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus and life. Thank you for caring about us, guiding us in the things that you want us to do. Give us your grace and, and the tenacity that we need to train to be the example you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.